welcome to the Diocesan Digest, a news outlet for the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. I'm your host, Sarah Smith, Director of Media and Technology. In these short episodes, we will share the latest news, ministry stories, clergy, spotlights, and much more about the Diocese of Oklahoma each week. If you or your congregation wants to share a ministry story or other important news item, or even a particular topic you want to see covered on the podcast, please contact me at smith at epiok.org. This week is round four of the Racial Reconciliation podcast series with Kate Carney Houston. This week, we chat about resources for churches and communities. Kate explains the various types of anti-racism curriculums that are available for churches, the upcoming adult and youth racial reconciliation pilgrimage that is coming up in the summer of 2021, and other trainings the diocese will be offering this fall and the year to come. There's a lot of good stuff in this episode, y'all, so I hope you enjoy And as always, you can find links to these resources by going to our website, epiok.org slash show notes. We are back. This is our fourth podcast for the Racial Reconciliation Series. And this week, I am back with our wonderful Kate Carney Houston to talk about what churches can do collectively with their communities to engage in this racial reconciliation work and opportunities the diocese is offering. So Kate, why don't you start to tell us a little bit about what's going on? So this week we are going to be talking about or making the transition from talking about the last three were how you can increase kind of your own knowledge and the knowledge of those in your family or those around you related to your reading. So fiction reading, nonfiction reading, podcasts, movies, the media that you consume. And we did that for children, youth, and adults. And so please go back and look at those three podcasts and all of the information, the show notes, information with links to all of those things. This week, we're making the transition to talking about what churches can do in their communities, particularly around curriculum. So we've fielded a lot of questions in the office in the last couple of weeks about what curriculums we recommend for churches to use. The, we've also fielded a lot of questions about books. Any of those books that we talked about, particularly in the nonfiction area, in the adult podcast, are going to work for book, book groups or book clubs if you want to do that in your church community, group readings. But today we're going to specifically talk about curriculums that you can use in your church community. And then we're also going to talk about the upcoming opportunities for racial reconciliation and for trainings that we are doing from the diocese that we can, that you can either participate in as an individual or send members of your church to. And also that some of these trainings are trainings that you can, you can have uh, myself come into your church community digitally over this fall and offer these trainings as well. So we're, we're going to be looking at all of those different opportunities. 
Awesome. That is great. So do you want to talk more about the curriculums or do you want to dive into the pilgrimage stuff? Let's talk about the curriculums first, just because I think that is um, something that we can, there's, there's quite a few different curriculums that are out there. The Episcopal Church, uh, we'll talk about that one last, which is the Sacred Ground curriculum from Becoming Beloved Community. So we'll talk about that one last, but there are several other curriculums that are out there, mostly from the United Church of Christ or from the United Methodists. So they, both of those communities have done a lot of work on anti-racism, racism, you know, breaking down the racism dialogue, and so they have a couple of ones. We'll, we'll talk about the United Methodist Church's curriculums first. And we recommend using any of these. We prefer the sacred ground one, which again, we're gonna talk about last, just because it comes from our tradition um, and uses some of our language that is more familiar. But any of these might work for you. And I recommend looking at all of them. I'm in the process of acquiring them for our office so that you can kind of come in, look at them, we can talk about them and weigh the pros and cons. And if we need to help craft a curriculum for your community using some of these elements from the different curriculums, we can do that as well. So the first one is called GCORR, Real Talk. And it's a series of conversations with community and faith leaders with the intention to discuss and uncover disparities of race, ethnicity, age, socioeconomic status that are across kind of our social fabric. So the idea behind it is really not just to look at race, but to look at inequality writ large and how we in our communities of faith and in our broader communities experience inequality. The goal of this conversation is to close the gap between people with these different disparities and inequalities. And so these talks are really a jumping off point for further discussions within groups. So you have the kind of the conversations in the community and with faith leaders, and then it launches into a broader conversation about race or inequality, age disparities, et cetera, disability in your own community. And so that's, that's kind of the purpose of that first one. The second one is called Vital Conversations, also from the United Methodist Church. And it is specifically, it's a video-based series, and it's specifically related to race. So this is a really good thing that you can use um, digitally because you can show the video over Zoom or you can show the video in various contexts. It features contemporary theologians, sociologists, lay people, clergy, other people who deal with race and culture and oppression in the church. And there are a number of series that you can kind of look at getting, again, from the United Methodists. It's a jumping off point. There are conversation booklets that go along with it that you can either purchase or that you can kind of download and use. So again, another curriculum that's optional. The last one, and this is one that I think is probably the best one from the United Methodists, is specifically about implicit bias. And this is actually part of the Real Talk conversation, but it's specifically an online course in the concept of implicit bias, which is a conversation and a 
and a, con a concept that we don't normally talk about, but it's really important to understanding how we dismantle racism in our communities and how we dismantle racism at large. So that specific course in the Real Talk curriculum is one that we would kind of pull out and say, this is the one that you should really look at doing. So those are the ones from the United Methodists. The UCC, so the United Church of Christ, has two curriculums, both of which I like really well. I think they're both excellent. The first one is called White Privilege. Let's Talk, a resource for transformational dialogue. It's an adult curriculum, but you can use it with young adults and older, more mature youth as well. It's, in, it's designed to invite a church community into safe and intentional dialogue about race and white privilege in your community. So it's really intended for, for communities of faith that are primarily white, which a number of our communities are. And it's told through kind of the lens of white privilege and teaching us about what that means in our communities of faith, how that has structured our communities of faith, how that structured our organizations, and how we need to acknowledge that and then change some of those structures, at least have dialogue about that so that we can dismantle racism in our own communities. So the last one is um, on specifically becoming an ally, which is a conversation topic that is um, important that we're seeing a lot right now. It also talks about the cash value of whiteness or whiteness as a tax exempt status. It talks about so the kind of the financial value of whiteness the there's one is whiteness as the norm so that we see whiteness as kind of the normal versus seeing diversity as the normal so again i think it's a good conversation from the united church of christ it's a excellent curriculum for being able to kind of start those harder conversations the second curriculum um and this actually comes from the evangelical lutheran church in america so the elca um is called one body many members and it's a journey for christians across race culture and class again looking at inequality writ large as opposed to specifically race it's more attuned to kind of a faith-based spiritual journey as opposed to maybe engaging some of the more political concepts of race so again you're looking at how do we proclaim god's mission and vision in the world that all people, whether racial, ethnic, class backgrounds, how do we hold up as one body, that one body, many members idea. It's got three major sections. So the first one is looking at leadership and developing leadership. The second one is looking at your neighborhood and your communities in which you serve which I think is really interesting and has a lot of implications for evangelism. And then the third one is diversity and recognizing that to transform ourselves into being partners with our community is, can be difficult. And so how do you do that in a loving way? That, that again, also a really good curriculum from the ELCA. And then the last curriculum that we're going to talk about is um, called Sacred Ground. Sacred Ground came out as a curriculum in 
2019, the spring of 2019, from the Episcopal Church. It's a film-based dialogue series on the intersection of race and faith. I think it's excellently done. And it's part of the broader Becoming Beloved community commitment that the Episcopal Church made to addressing racial healing, reconciliation, and justice in our lives and in society. It is explicitly to be used in Episcopal contexts um, because of the language and the way that it's structured. It was written for use in the Episcopal Church. You can certainly use it outside of that if the Episcopal Church is a congregation, but the way it's copyrighted is very specific to be used within the Episcopal context. So you just have to kind of be careful if you're thinking, oh, I wanna use this with a community group. Well, you're gonna to need to make sure that you're doing it in partnership with an Episcopal Church. All of the documentaries and articles in the series come from secular sources. They were not developed by the church itself, they were just curated by the church. And then, the, it sets up a kind of a facilitator conversation model. So you watch the video, you have a facilitator, and then the facilitator helps guide the conversation. So it's very important that the facilitator is familiar with the curriculum, has read through the curriculum, is probably trained in anti-racism. We would very much highly recommend that. And then also be able to be comfortable with themselves talking about race and anti-racism in their communities. It is an excellent curriculum. Becoming Beloved Community has a number of resources for churches related to starting conversations around race and ethnicity in your communities, but specifically the sacred ground curriculum is something that, particularly in this COVID time, where you really are needing to do online curriculum, that video-based series works really well because everyone can have access to the materials and then you can set up Zoom chats with people to facilitate dialogue. So if folks want to explore these more, how can they get their hands on them and look at them? So we maintain a list. Again, if you are interested in looking at the actual curriculum information, we have links and we have copies of these curriculums available in the office. So you can request it, we can copy it for you, or you can come in and look at it. We also will have links to the curriculums in our show notes so that you can go and just look at what they have online that's available to you. You often can't find the actual full curriculum online. You sometimes have to purchase it, which we have done. So if you want to look at the fuller curriculum, contact us. If not, you can just use the show notes and look at it online. And again, if you're interested in setting up or creating a curriculum and don't know how to start, always contact me or contact Sabrina Evans, and we are happy to help you do that. Setting up, whether it's the administrative part of it or laying it out, the marketing part of it, all of those things, we are here to help you. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's good. Good stuff. Definitely want folks taking advantage. Um, so now maybe we should talk about the pilgrimage. Yay, pilgrimage which we did last summer with our youth, but now we're expanding it, right? Yes. So our initial pilgrimage program was for our youth. We took about 30 youth last year on a civil rights racial reconciliation pilgrimage um, beginning in Oklahoma. We originally were supposed to go to New Orleans so we could kind of talk about 
slavery and the unique history that New Orleans has regarding slavery and also free rock populations. Unfortunately, the hurricane of 2019, the summer of 2019, changed that plan. And so we had to kind of at the last second change our course. But most of our time was spent in Alabama and Montgomery and Birmingham. We went to the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. And then also as part of the pilgrimage process, our young people spent a day in Tulsa at kind of learning about the Greenwood Massacre in Tulsa. And of course the 100th anniversary for that is coming up um, within the next year. And so that's something that our young people also learned about as well. We, it was fantastic. We had kids from every region of the state, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Northwest, Southwest, Southeast, Northeast. We had a number of adults sponsors who also went. We had three chaplains as well that came with us and it was a spiritual journey. And there were moments that I really could see our young people connect with history, connect with faith and connect what it really means to do justice in the world. And so it was a very powerful program. And if you wanna go listen to all the details of that program, I think we have an old podcast yeah. from summer. It's episode 13 on our Diocesan Digest podcast. So episode Look at 13. Sarah with all, the, yeah. with all the details ready at hand. Yep, I was Google yeah. searching as you were talking. <laughs> So episode 13, it's um, all about what we did. It's all the nitty gritty details of where we went and what we saw. And so go check that out if you're interested in that. But we are planning, we, I was actually supposed to be right now um, just finishing our pilgrimage. I would be putting kids on planes and receiving kids in to start EYE, the Episcopal Youth Event this week. So it's been a little bittersweet the last two weeks because we would have been on our pilgrimage this summer and on our pilgrimage um, and then on EYE this week. But next summer, we are planning another racial reconciliation pilgrimage. We're somewhat on the fence. The original plan was to do a Trail of Tears pilgrimage. Um, I'm still thinking that that's probably what we'll do for our youth because that's something that we've talked about, something that our youth are really interested in and is a big part of our racial reconciliation work in the Diocese of Oklahoma is discussing the Trail of Tears and the experience of our native cultures, our indigenous peoples, and so we need to spend some time with that. So I think that's what we'll probably do for our youth next summer, but we are looking at doing an adult racial reconciliation pilgrimage, the civil rights pilgrimage as well. It would follow effectively the same path that our youth one did, planning to go to New Orleans first, heading over into Montgomery and Birmingham, Selma, heading up to Memphis, coming back through Little Rock and then home. It's about a week long. It would be probably in June of 2021. And we are looking at doing that as an opportunity. We are discussing whether or not we wanna make that kind of a family-based event where you could bring kind of your family or whether it would just be adults. And at the moment, probably just adults with looking at doing a family one in 2022. So. Nice, I think that, I wanna go on that, so. I'd love for you to come with that. Be one of our chaplains. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, All right, let's move on to uh, trainings. 
So one of the things that is important for, I think, Episcopalians in Oklahoma to know is that we are developing trainings that you can use in your church and or that we will also be offering from the diocese. It will be dismantling racism training centered on or rooted in really the training that came out of the Absalom Jones Center for Racial Healing in Atlanta. They have an adult training and a youth training and those trainings are fantastic. The only issue is they're very specific to the black experience and healing disparities in our society related to black and white. And unfortunately in Oklahoma, we need to talk much more broadly about indigenous and Latinx, our experience is broader than the black white experience. And so we need to make sure that we are changing those curriculums and enhancing them to include those two components as well. And so we're currently in the, in the midst of doing that. And we will be offering in the fall an online diocesan training, primarily for clergy, but also for lay leaders in the church for you to be trained in anti-racism training if you have not done that. Clergy, if you've never been trained in anti-racism training, it's a canonical requirement. <laughs> so you need to be trained. Um, but, and this will satisfy that training. But it also, uh, also lay leaders, we're encouraging our lay leaders to be trained as well. And if you're somebody who does youth ministry or formation ministry, also a great training for you to take. We will also be having a training for our young people. We'll be doing the youth curriculum training online as well in the fall. So you can, we'll have signups for that beginning in the beginning of August. And you'll be able to sign up for those two trainings online. They're at no cost to you. So you sign up, it's a, it's a commitment of time only rather than a commitment of other resources. Awesome, I love it. I also hope to do that training before I go off to seminary. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. And, and then it's done too, which yeah. is great. But we also, of course, encourage you if you've, if you've canonically you only have to take anti-racism twice or sorry, once, um, unlike safeguarding or safe church policies where you have to be re-upped. Um, but we, of course, encourage you to do this work. The work of anti-racism and dismantling racism is lifelong. It is not a one and done. So Make sure that if you think that this is something that you would like to do, some work that you would like to do for yourself, please plan to join us. I'm very excited about us doing this training. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to mention too, just stuff that I know about. Um, mm -hmm. Showing up for racial justice is something I was involved in in seminary at Vanderbilt. And they have a lot of trainings that they do. Um, yeah. online and they're very active in providing different things, showing up for racial justice and there's chapters in different cities. I'm not sure about Oklahoma city, but they, I'm sure they have one. I just haven't done enough research, but I follow them on Facebook and they always have stuff going on. Oh, and I'm on their website and you can look for a chapter. So there's a task for me to do this week is to figure out our Oklahoma city chapter. Um, so they offer things and then there's some really great educators, black educators online. Uh, Rachel Cargill and Austin Channing Brown have their own curriculums. Yes. 
through mm-hmm. their websites and their Patreon pages. You can get on there and um, Austin Chaining Browns is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So they're I haven't looked at the other one. Fantastic. So more yes. secular driven, but still just other important resources and ways you can learn from people of color. I think one of the things that we're very, I think we're afraid to engage the conversation about race and Black Lives Matter and allyship in our church communities. And I don't think we should be afraid to do that. And we're afraid to talk about white privilege and we shouldn't be. It's, it's an integral piece of who we are and what makes the church like it is. And we need to do our own work. If we really truly kind of are living into that baptismal covenant of that promise to do justice in the world and to see the face of every person as a creation of God, then we have to do this work. It is work that is essential to who we are as Christians. And that means we need to acknowledge and as a community of faith, do the work together. It is hard work. It is hard work of being a Christian to do these things. But it's real work. And it's work that particularly in our times where we're not meeting in person and we're not really being able to worship, in some ways is the best time to do this work because we're already in kind of an introspective manner of being. So having these conversations digitally might even create more feeling a feeling of safety in a way that being in a room with people might not. But doing them, I think, is important. So I would really challenge our churches for the fall to look at some of these curriculums, to give me a call on the phone, to whatever I can do to help with these curriculums. Sacred Ground is particularly fantastic. And I think that if our churches are willing to engage this work, I think they'll be surprised by the people who show up to really also engage it and what they bring to the table. Yeah. And I think it, it's like talking about any other sin in the Christian life. You know, you could easily call this, you know, our original sin um, as Americans, as white people. And like we've said earlier, it's not that we created this thing. It just, it is, you know, it just is the reality. And um, it's, it's a part of this great experiment and it's the shadow side of this experiment. Right. And we have to reckon with it and look it in the face or we won't be able to um, understand it and help make it better and reconcile things. So it's not like, you know, this work, yeah, it's going to make you uncomfortable, but it's for the purpose of the greater good of healing communities and being in solidarity with our brothers and sisters of color and trying to understand their experience just a little more so we can really deeply love one another. Um, so, and I, I, what I love about these podcast series is it's a lot of the first parts we've talked about the individual um, part we can do in our own time, which is super, you got to do it. That's the, the individual work has to happen. But now we're talking about the collective work, the collective healing to do together and it needs both parts. So this is all coming together in one big Trinitarian 
relational circle, if you will, that um, is what is going to tie this all up and help real true healing happen. So, And there's many ways to do this work. The work can be done, we talked about, you know, individually, but also in community. You can do it diocesan-wide. You can do it community-wide. You can invite people in from your community who aren't part of your Episcopal tradition. I think one of the things that we miss in this conversation to some extent is the role that the Episcopal Church as an institution played. That the Episcopal Church and its history is very fraught with racial injustice from who built our churches to membership in churches to the church separating during the Civil War our role in slavery and supporting slave institutions. The English, going all back to colonial times, the, the role we played in the you know, mercantilism and the triangle trade. And so it's very important that we as Episcopalians engage this work now, because again, we didn't create it, but we're responsible to it. We have to address it and seek to change our institutions so that our institutions lift up our diversity in our pews and invite diversity into our church. You know, I hear sometimes, well, we're very white. You know, do, do, people, do people realize we're really white? Yeah, but we don't have to be. We can invite diversity in. We, and, and our liturgy invites diversity in. Our worship invites diversity in. Our prayer invites diversity in. It's our structures that don't. And so we need to find ways to invite that diversity and welcome that diversity in all aspects of our church life. Yep. So are there any upcoming events folks should know about? So look for the trainings. Uh, look for the signups for the trainings in August. You will see those coming up. You will also see some information coming up about the pilgrimage. And then if we see stuff coming from the National Church, or from Tech, sorry, from Tech or from particularly VTS, uh, Virginia Theological Seminary has done some things, the Absalom Jones Center, just check back on our newsletter, check back on our websites, and you will be able to see some of that information and those upcoming events that you can use. Great, great. Well, this is a lot of information and we will have it again available on our show notes all the links to these things we're talking about at epiok.org slash show notes so thank you all for joining us this week and that probably wraps it up for the racial reconciliation series but this will be an ongoing conversation and we're so glad you joined us Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan Newsletter at our website, epiok.org newsletter. And follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week, and peace be with you.